Voice of Fintech. Welcome to Voice of Fintech, a podcast mapping out the Swiss and global fintech scene, connecting fintech enthusiasts with startups, incubators, accelerators, business angels and VCs, and incumbents interested in partnerships. Voice of Fintech will help you navigate the fintech ecosystem. Here you can listen to the startup founder stories, what investors and incumbents are looking for when dealing with startups, and find out more about resources provided by incubators and accelerators. My name is Rudy Fallad and I'll be hosting this podcast. Hello and welcome to Voice of Fintech. Today we're not going to travel too far because we're going to do stay in Zurich and we're going to talk to Salama from Bitmax and we're going to find out what's going on with crypto, what's going on with crypto derivatives, what's going on with exchanges in this space and what can we therefore expect for the rest of the year. So welcome Salama, how are you today? Hey Rudy, I'm very fine, thank you and thanks for having me here. Fantastic. So I know you are a busy person traveling, so it is actually very hard to catch you in Zurich. But what's your background? What's the story? How did you get to do what you do today? Because a lot of people would like to do something in crypto and it didn't really exist more than maybe 10 years ago. So you couldn't prepare yourself in the college. So how did you find your way to BitMEX and crypto? Well, it's a funny thing. So my background is basically 15 years in the financial sector, mostly banking. I was active in structured products at Swiss banks. And I reached that level where I got the idea of doing something different. Most of the people get to that level at some point. So I tried my way into startup in private markets. And then I discovered tokenization and, of course, crypto. Actually, my very first encounter with crypto was when I structured the very first product on Bitcoin. That was in 2016, when I was still working for a Swiss bank. And the seed was planted. About a year ago, I was contacted by BitMEX for a position in sales. And that's how I came in. I see. So I see some prerequisites here. Sales and structured products and entrepreneurial bugs. So all of this leads to BitMEX. I get that. So what's the problem that you're solving at BitMEX specifically, is it worth solving? And obviously, it seems like it is because a lot of money and funding is pouring into crypto. But how does it relate to specifically to what you do at BitMEX? Um, when I chose BitMEX, it was for different reasons. First, it is one of the very first crypto exchanges, the first crypto derivatives exchange. They invented the perpetual swap, which is the most traded instrument today in crypto worldwide. And because I'm a fan of Arthur Hayes, <laughs> who is one of the most influential figures in the crypto industry. Why BitMEX is doing what they're doing is because there is a need. We are here to provide institutional and professional traders with a platform which delivers and lets them succeed safe in the knowledge that their funds are secure and segregated. To provide our traders the best experience by having the best liquidity and capital efficiency, low latency and reliable availability. Uh, safety and security, latency and limits, our proof of the reserves and more are to help to dis distinguish us on the market. So our focus is clearly derivatives, futures and perpetual swaps. And institution investors. So who are Yoki clients? Are they banks or funds or also retail investors? Our 
primary users are tend to be institutional and professional traders who want to trade crypto derivatives regularly. Corporates and individuals who trade crypto derivatives for a living, from market making over directional trading to arbitrage. Um, those who have underlying regular needs to trade for hedging or treasury management could be asset management or mining, validating the usage of crypto outside pure speculation for real world use cases like DAO, smart contract execution, etc. Uh, those also who trade multiple times per month and monitor their positions constantly. Crypto whales, for instance, fall into this group. So aside from an exchange that exceeds their expectations by providing the products and tools they need, professional traders are seeking also a community where they can share experiences and tips and boast about trades when they like. Right now, new and existing clients are reassessing their trading options. Right. And you mentioned derivatives. So let's just do it methodically. What kind of derivatives are already available on crypto? Can you do options, futures, forwards, or you mentioned perpetual swap? Is everything already available or not yet and the rest is in the pipeline? How does that look like? Yeah, pretty much actually. Like on BitMEX, we're offering perpetual swaps and futures. As I mentioned, Max invented perpetual swap. We are working on our way to providing the future options that might come. But basically, I would say whatever is available in uh, traditional finance is already available on the crypto markets. And you mentioned institutional investors or professional traders. So some banks are saying we need to trade with trade with crypto because our clients are. Are these asset managers or hedge funds? Who are the key institutional investors active in this place and already adopting derivatives on crypto? Pretty much everyone, to be honest. And you really see through the whole spectrum, hedge funds, asset managers, also banks which are starting to trade crypto. The demand is there. It all started with retail clients, and then somehow the institutional clients felt like, I don't want to miss this party. So I want to be part of it. And they came in as early as 2016, 2017. Now it's very usual. I saw a report a couple of days ago showing all the banks in Switzerland already offering crypto to their clients. So let's talk about technology for a little while, right? You mentioned low latency, things like this. So that's related to what some people call plumbing and cables and things like this. What is your technology angle? Is this proprietary technology? How does that work? Do you need to be close to some servers? Does it matter whether you're in the Zurich city or in the mountains or somewhere else or in another location? How does that work for an exchange like yours? We have dedicated people to this matter. We have our team is best in class and technology leads at BitMEX with a focus on better liquidity, lower latency and better availability for our traders. As a 24-7 exchange, we have a development team that operates and monitors our exchange consistently. We provide our traders with the products they want and an exchange that does what they want it to do deterministically without execution surprises, lags, overloads, mispricing, custody issues, etc. So you can think of <laughs> all the issues that might pop up. So we and also we don't charge obtrusive margin requirements and have a clean and user-friendly interface. For the latency, we have we are working with AWS in Dublin. And we're consistently working on a solution to get closer to Asia. So this is part of our roadmap. And of course, nobody trades physically these days, even traditional securities. But uh, so where are you based? Are you based in Zurich and Switzerland or 
in other locations. When you say where are you based, you mean what our headquarters are or where our Yeah, and cloud... yes, and the, or the offices, yeah, as well. As any exchange, a crypto exchange, we're decentralized. We don't really have headquarters, but we have offices um, um, around the world. So let's say the biggest office we got is in Hong Kong, clearly. Also, we have a big office in Singapore. We have a pre presence in Vancouver. And we have some presence also in Switzerland between Zurich and Zug. And are you regulated? I guess so, right? Yeah. BitMEX Link, which is our prime broker arm. It is based in Switzerland and regulated in the sense of VQF license. So basically, we are in line By with... FINMA. The, yeah, exactly. We are in line with the requirements for AML and KYC from FINMA. That's correct. I see. All right. But what about the proprietary technology angle? So you said you work with AWS, you have the dedicated team. What about your matching engine and things like this? The core of the exchange, is that yours or the magic is in how you put it together from different components from other people? It is core. It is core. The matching engine has been built from scratch. Also, the custody is for Bitcoin is proprietary. Yeah, so we, we did it pretty well because we never been hacked and we never lost any client assets in nine years, which is a very long time in this market. Which leads to my next question. How secure is trading at BitMEX? Because, of course, in the last few months, we've heard all kinds of bad news flow when it comes to crypto exchanges, right? And, of course, this is partially to be expected when you're talking about a new asset class, new industry, new products. But it's also unfortunate for people who lost money. So how secure it is to trade with you? I just mentioned. So <laughs> time is a very good proof, right? As as you said it so rightly, right and left since coin has been in circulating and doing miracles, people have been losing assets. And yeah, sadly, protecting client assets is central to all we do. We don't compromise security for convenience, which is why we've lost zero crypt cryptocurrency so far. It is at the core of our asset custody. We use a combination of cold and hot wallets and industry strength cryptographic key management that's been combined with rigorous operational security measures. So there are a lot of questions that keep us awake at night. What if there is an intrusion? How do you, we provide custody for Bitcoin? What about custody for other assets? How do you... Do we safeguard the transactions, the segregation of the funds, etc., etc.? So we did our homework and we can provide our clients with very detailed answers. Some of them are actually available on our website. Happy to share that. So far, so good, I would say. We've been doing a pretty good job. Okay. All right. You obviously made a great point that now there's so many institutional investors that trade crypto. It's becoming or it has become mainstream. Of course, if you're a fan of it, it should be the obvious thing to you. For traditional incumbents, they need a bit more time to open up to innovations, of course. But whether you're trading traditional securities in traditional finance, it requires derivatives and it requires leverage, right? So maybe tell us a little bit about that perpetual swap. What does that mean? How does that work? How does it help either the people who have underlying exposure or people who would like to trade for gain and profit uh, for speculative purposes? And also you are not a bank, so you don't need to provide leverage, but how do you work with banks that do? So for Perpetual Swap, actually, it is very similar to Future. It's just that it doesn't have an expiry. So basically, it's been rolled constantly. And so it's settled every eight hours, so three times per day. 
And so it has, it can be, it can come with different types of leverage. Um, we are actually, we invented the perpetual swap and we can go up to 100 times. Now you're going to tell me 100 times is a little bit too much. I totally agree. Let's say average leverage is between two to five times. And that makes a little bit more sense. Core type of customers, high frequency traders and hedge funds. And, and the way it works is basically using the liquidation fund. This is what is standing on the other side. I see. All right. And when we put this into perspective, how big is the crypto market today versus the underlying? From what I understand from some of your competitors, obviously, it's very much a growing market. It's a growth market. But if you look at the how huge the derivatives are versus the underlying in traditional finance, there's still a, a quite a room to grow. And you also mentioned which derivatives products already exist. You don't necessarily have a complete full range of derivatives on crypto like you have in traditional finance. It's getting there, but it's not there yet. So that was maybe my understanding so far. But how do you see it? How does crypto market derivatives look like versus crypto underlying? Yeah, maybe if we want to just uh, rewind a little bit back, the, the vision of the founders of BitMEX was to take the crypto market mainstream. And they had this vision when the crypto market was mainly retail driven. And so how do you do that? It's by bringing institutional investors into this market. And that is why they created the very first crypto derivatives exchange. So before that, there was nothing. So today, I think the last numbers in January this year, we were at 2 trillion on the derivatives market. It has been much higher than that at the top when Bitcoin was at the top of its price, came back a little bit. Um, and derivatives today represent about 70% of the entire crypto market. So you really, when you look at the numbers, you really can see how spot market was the main driver and then left space to the derivatives market slowly but surely over time. Okay. All right. And how does that crypto market work when I compare it to traditional finance? You need market makers. And by the way, nowadays, these are algo traders, right? They are not banks. They displace the banks completely. So... Who, do you need market makers for perpetual swap you mentioned or not? How does that work if you start from the basics? Um. Yeah, look, nothing has been invented from scratch. What happened is there, there was, let's say, a transposition of what exists in traditional finance into the crypto market. So it's very similar to traditional assets. So basically in 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 its most basic form derivatives trading is the exchange of contracts that binds two parties buyers and sellers to sell or buy an asset at a future date and of course market makers are super important they provide liquidity so market makers work behind the scenes acting as an intermediary between the buyer and seller so they quote both parties for the price of an asset and they bring, therefore, high volume of orders in a, per second or sometimes even millisecond. And that's how they are driving liquidity to and reduce volatility on the exchange. They quote these bid-ask asset prices through the day, and they maintain the spreads below a certain maximum limit and minimum depth. So these are 
all the elements that the users agree with the market makers. And every exchange would have their partners. For instance, at BitMEX, we are working with a couple of long-term partners. We can count on them. They help us on when we are issuing new contracts uh, so that our traders are happy. Right. And because you operate globally, these market makers and partnerships that you have are, I have, I would assume, global. They follow the types of derivatives that you that you trade or facilitate trading, right? Absolutely. In this market, there are no frontiers, not yet at least. Our market makers are really located all over the place on all continents in through all time zones. And that's why it makes the crypto market so hard sometimes for people operating because it's just 24-7. It is really the case. So... Let's focus on the future then. How do you see the outlook for crypto markets this year? And I'm not going to push you to make a bet where the Bitcoin is going to be by Christmas. But how do you see it? Of course, there were some up and downs and maybe most recently downs. But how do you see whether that's Bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies and crypto markets developing for the rest of the year? Uh, look, yeah, I find it always funny. Like you always find all sorts of pronostics uh, in the media. Some are talking about zero Bitcoin. Some, uh, oh, it's going to reach 100,000, some even 1 million. I'm not going to go in that direction. What I can say for sure is 2023 will definitely, be, definitely continue to be the year of uh, regulation. It already started last year. And I expect that it's going to go on like that. Naturally, following the collapse of FTX, we will probably see more litigations coming, especially from the cases similar to Tornado Cash, Ripple, bankruptcy cases like those of Three Arrows Capital, FTX, Voyager, Celsius. Policymakers and the regulators will work on new laws. So, for instance, in the UK, you see the deputy of the Bank of England who called on Britain to, to bring these activities and entities within regulation. Bitcoin is also one of the themes. They need to meet standards equivalent to those expected of commercial bank money. In the US, the Treasury, Janet Yellen, has called for customer funds to be segregated, etc., etc. So definitely stablecoin legislation. Also, the Biden administration's report on stablecoins earlier this year, they proposed stablecoin regulation. Um, and in Europe, we've got Mika, so the markets in crypto assets. The bill is uh, wide ranging, uh, covering uh, money laundering, the environment, corporate reporting and consumer protection. That's where I see things going for sure. And in general, because our customers or our users, our investors are institutional, they tend to have a very long term look. So they're, they're not really concerned about what Bitcoin is doing now and where Bitcoin is going to end at the end of this year. And they are looking much longer term. All right. So brace yourself for more regulation, some cleanup, but a long-term view. I, that's what I hear. All right. Before we go, I just have two easy questions for you. First, do you have a favorite business book or a book that relates to crypto markets or derivatives that you could recommend or some other resource perhaps where people can read up on this more and learn more? Maybe not book, but what I can highly recommend is Crypto uh, Trader Digest, which is written by one of our founders, Arthur Hayes. So it's really a cultural and intellectual reference among the early crypto adopters or let's call them OGs community. But if you want a book, then I highly recommend the Bitcoin Standard, uh, the decentralized alternative to central banking. It's really a very cool book in the sense that it introduces the notion of Bitcoin 
and it goes really granular about the whys, the hows, and the whats. Yeah. All right. So we can check out both, of course. So as I said, any other resource as well. And what's the best way to reach out and find out more about what you do at BitMax or BitMax in Switzerland? What's the best channel to find to get in touch with you? Definitely our website, max.com, and follow us on LinkedIn. And you can reach out to me on LinkedIn as well. So feel free to DM me, Salama Belgali. You'll find me pretty fast and easy. All right. Thank you so much. And good luck to you, Salama and BitMax. Thank you, Rudy. Thank you for listening to Voice of Fintech podcast. If you haven't already, check out also voiceoffintech.com, where you will find all the episodes and additional resources related to the podcast. You can also subscribe to Voice of Fintech on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, or any other podcast app that you like. If you have any suggestions on the topics or guests, or how to make this podcast better for you, please email us at info at Happy to hear from you. Thank you.